0: Hi, I'm Nat. And I'm Lizzie. Welcome to The Third Space, a podcast for youth workers by youth workers to talk about the highs and lows of working with young folks in spaces outside of school and home.
1: It's the Fiscal (laughs) New Year. Happy Fiscal New Year to all. Um, For friends at home who may not know what the fiscal new year is, um, for many nonprofit organizations, the fiscal new year runs July 1 through June 30th. um, And it is one of my favorite holidays of the year. It's where I celebrate my own personal new year, also because my birthday is in July. I was
0: going to say, like, there's got to be some. (laughs) Uh, It's a both end.
1: It's a both end. And so, in honor of the fiscal new year, we are. Celebrating um, by today's episode on um, strategic planning. Um, Celebrating, huh? Yes. That's Celebrating the, with strategic planning. That's the
0: word we use for um, talking about the new fiscal new year and strategic planning.
1: That's the word I use. Um, it's one of my favorite topics and favorite days, if you can't tell. So... Um, In honor of our fiscal new year, we will be doing a new year themed check in doing some intention setting. So what I would like to know, we'll do names and pronouns like we always do. Um, And then if we can share our intention or set an intention for the fiscal new year upon us for FY20, which we have now entered. So Nat, are you ready? What's your intention for FY20?
0: Yeah. Well, and it feels thematic. So last... Oh, sorry. Hi. I'm Nat. My pronouns are they, them. And my intention for fiscal year 20 actually comes out of an all-staff retreat I participated in last week, focusing on our strategic plan, (laughs) our organizational strategic plan. Um... And the the goal that I was, that I, the goal bucket that I'm working on is programs because I do programs. So, um, but for our gentle listeners at home who may not know also because we don't name our organizations, (laughs) um, we're in a merger process right now. The organization that I do my work through is getting rehomed under another one. And so I just don't know a lot about that larger organizations programs. Um, so a goal of mine, I'm hoping to do it earlier than the full year, but I'm being gentle with myself and reminding myself that it may take the whole year is to have coffee with every other staff member at the organization to learn about their programs and see how it fits into the goal that I'm working on. Um, and to just have like a stronger baseline foundation of like public health knowledge. Cause I don't have that right now. Awesome. Thanks. Sorry. That was really long.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Um, great. I'll go. Uh, my name is Lizzie. My pronouns are she and her. Um, I always do my intention setting as one word. Cause that's my favorite way to communicate. Cool. cool um, position. No, I just like I really enjoy doing. Actually, I do an intention every 6 months. Like personally, I do an intention every 6 months. I do one at the fiscal new year and one at the new year new year because they're 6 months apart. Um, um and so, right, July and January. Yeah. And so, for my fiscal new year professional intention, uh my professional intention for FY20 I believe is going to be systems. Hmm. I am really interested in trying to automate our systems for the programs that I oversee. We now have a stronger core group of staff. Hmm. I've spent a lot of the past four years developing those programs and getting them to a place of more participants, more staff, more opportunities, things like that. And while there are definitely still pieces that we're working to system, that we're working to sort of build out and figure out exactly what the right fit is, I would love to s- make more systematic the parts of those programs that are likely to be static for a period of time mm. so that we have more energy to put towards new projects right? Um, and new ideas and meeting new needs as they arise. So that is my intention for FY20 systems.
0: Cool. So, um, because we all can clearly see how excited Lizzie is about strategic planning.
1: Strategic plans for all!
0: And the fiscal new year. And because Lizzie claims that I look like I want to throw up every time the phrase strategic planning is mentioned um lizzie's gonna lead us through a little story maybe we will all learn how lizzie came to love strategic plans as much as she does it's true (laughs)
1: um so yeah i am gonna tell the story of strategic planning through one of my favorite strategic planning tools um which is called the five bold steps. I looked it up and it is originally created by Grove tools incorporated. So you can find it online there. It costs money to download it. I believe it's about $19 to download the five bold steps. Um, I did not know that it costs money to download until just right now. Um, I, actually encountered the 5 bold steps for the first time when I was in college. I was an undergrad and I was at the time a student leader in a service learning group on campus. Um and we were working we were doing some kind of like leadership development thing and working on thinking about a project that we wanted to do, like a service project and how we wanted to approach it. And the cool thing about the 5 bold steps which you will find if you um, Google it is that it's a, it's a really great like visual organizer. So it's a visual way of doing some planning. So it's this lovely image of what to me looks like a, I guess it's probably more applicable if it's a sunrise, but it always looks like a sunset to me, but there's sort of like a sunrise on a sort of hilltop with some, like a pathway in the middle. Um, and then there's some like clouds around the, the sunrise. And so the sunrise is labeled the vision and then there are circles for your goals. And then the hilltop has your values at its base. So what's the values behind your vision? Um, and then on one side has your, an area for you to list out challenges and an area for you to list out strengths. And then as the name would indicate, there are five lines in the middle that indicate your five bold steps, which are basically like your five action steps coming out of the conversation. Um, And so the person who showed this to me, Mary Yost. um, So shout out if you're listening. um, She was the, um, at the time, she was the student leader who was sort of boss of this group of student leaders. Mm. And she showed it to me as a graphic way to organize and we had a conversation around the five bold steps and she made it really cute um she like drew little do- she's very creative and artistic and drew cute little doodles and did things in different colors and so like the vision was orange and the clouds were blue and the hillside was green and like all of these pieces which made strategic planning super accessible
0: wait so it wasn't so it's not like she went and do like she wasn't working on a form like she was literally developing the scene just,
1: I mean, I think she had seen the form before, right, but right, then, yes, right. but then was, was creating like it, it, it correct, creating yeah, it cute. in conversation with like colors that indicated what it was and making it a ador- very talented. This right. person, um, in lots of ways, not just this way. Um, and I think that was my introduction to strategic planning and goal setting, which made it seem like a really fun, really friendly thing to do, right? And, um, And so I've used, and because that was the first tool I was ever introduced to around strategic planning, obviously when you have a hammer, everything is a nail. And so thus, anytime I had to do any kind of strategic planning for years afterward, I would be like, well, I clearly should use the five bold steps because this is the only thing I know how to do. And in fact, to to the point that when I was doing case management, when I had to do like a case management plan. Like I had to make a service plan. What did I do? I pulled out the five bold steps and that's what we did together. And so I've used the same tool individually with young people. I have used it with programming teams. Hmm. I have used it as a tool for program development before. Um, Just like I've used it with new staff members to talk about goal setting and their vision for their career and where they want to be going. And like, what are sort of the goals that we get there? I've pulled it out with interns to do the same thing. I've used it like in all kinds of capacities and all kinds of ways. Um, And the reason why I've sort of returned to it over and over and over again is because it's accessible. And I think my gospel to the world about strategic planning is that I think we say things like organizational strategic plans and everyone gets this really scared, like glazed over look.
0: It was. was.
1: (laughs) And there's like a voice that comes with it. And you imagine somebody in the room like droning on and on and on about things you don't know about or care about or aren't relevant. And I think like the reality is like making a plan is something that we do all the time. Like, I don't think it's something secret. I don't think it's like something that we don't know how to do, but I do think it can be really like boring and scary and overwhelming if people are using a bunch of jargon you don't know right? or they're putting it in the context of something that you don't understand or it's somebody that doesn't know you that's trying to tell you what you're supposed to be doing with your job or it doesn't feel connected to your values or any of those pieces. And so I guess I share that story about the five bold steps Um, to start from the baseline that I like to start from, which is that Strategic planning is a tool and it's something anybody can do and it can be fun and colorful.
0: Well, yes, I guess for some. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I'm I'm just like imagine like I would just be like I don't know how to do any of this so I'm just going to use words cuz as anyone who knows me and all of our listeners know, I use so many words all of the time. Um yeah, but I think like to that point of of the jargon really just like setting up whether it's like perceived barriers or actual barriers right i think like i have certainly engaged with strategic plans in my life and and when i say strategic plans i am talking like organizational level strategic plans right that are super inaccessible and have like these goals and steps toward I don't know there's like like right like each section has a title and and you're like but what do these words actually mean because usually they are like rooted in jargon whereas like I don't know I'm like I just don't know how to do this but then like I end up working in partnership with someone and like strategizing because I love strategizing I love thinking through problems or figuring out solutions to like barriers that come up while like just in the day-to-day of the work. Um And that's really all it is. So like each year, every school year when it ends and I'm thinking, all right, like what did work this year? What didn't? What am I going to change for next year? Like that is a strategic plan. I just don't consider it as such because I'm like, well, it, but it only happens in my head. It typically doesn't happen in I try to make it happen in community with like the other, like the youth leaders in my program and things like that. Um, But yeah, oftentimes, but, but, but that brings us back to, I feel like kind of the constant struggle that we're always talking about in here is like the, the lack of time and space, right? Like how to, how do you build in structured time for that? Um, When, when they're already, like, yeah, like as a program, some, some programs are already trying to accomplish so much. Totally.
1: Well, and I think too, it's interesting. So I find the grant writing process really helpful for this. So I often use my grant writing as an opportunity to do my strategic planning, which I know is not what you're supposed to do in a grant. Um, but, but because it is forced written reflection, it is a opportunity to draft some clearer language around what is already happening in my head, so it's an efficient
0: use of time. Yeah, but I think that that also implies that everyone has access to grant writing, right? Well, no, like, I'm not saying that everyone. Of... Well, no, no, no. Right, I'm. You're right. You didn't imply that, but it's just like I, as someone who, like, but for very limited and very, like, targeted moment. Like, when I worked in residential, like, I was never involved in grant writing there, right? Like, sometimes deliverables would be brought to a staff meeting and be, like, or, like, we would sit in a staff meeting and be asked, like, where where are we going with this? What's, you know? But, yeah, I just, I think I'm trying, like, that makes sense. Like, I guess, like, now that I've had a little bit more experience with grant writing, that makes sense. But I'm just, like, right. yeah.
1: Well, I didn't do grant writing till I lost all of my admin staff. And then I was doing everything. And that was right. when that happened for me. So I right. empathize with the experience of right. not having a lot of time. Right. I think that often though, people have, I think to your point, I think we ha- often have ideas that are like floating around in our head. They're just not very fleshed out. So like, and often for me, like when I think about like strategic program planning, right? Like I think mm-hmm. about my program and I'm like, where are we going in the next year? Those are often like it's really like three or four phrases, right? Like increase family engagement, or I really want to work on like trying to get our ducks in a row around like how we're increasing our communication among youth leaders. Mm -hmm. Or I really like, or something like that, right? right? I don't, I don't think they're like particularly profound I think a lot of like grant writing is about like connecting those things to your values right or connecting them to your broader mission we can talk about grant writing on a different day (laughs) but I think but I do think it's to me that's just like an opportunity where I have to I have to be writing stuff so I might as well use it as an opportunity to like think about things I actually care about and then Mm -hmm. translate those things into like money-making jargon Mm -hmm. um but and I do find it and I do find it helpful to write them down but again also in a grant I think one of the things that's helpful about putting in your grant writing hat when you're doing something like that is that grants are short so it's like three sentences right my strategic mm. plan is not pages and pages and pages right. and pages right. it's right. like family engagement and then three bullet points family newsletter like making sure to return family phone calls in 24 to 48 hours making sure right. like prioritize right or like prioritizing those conversations with family members, Um, right? Or remember it, like thinking of like those pieces and just identifying like three things that you're going to do and writing them down somewhere and then putting it in front of your face so that you remember what you said.
0: Right. Well, and when you say it like that, though, you like, I mean, yeah, you, you make it sound really simple. Whereas I think that that for me, at least that is often the problem is that I get like hung up on the like, oh my what? I need to develop a a strategic plan that like guides this work. And then I just like get like deer in the headlights about it. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't. This task is too overwhelming. Oh, we're starting a new program here. <laughs> Time to go in. Well,
1: know? right. And I guess like that is my this is my impassioned argument for practical right. strategic planning. Cause I think right, like I don't know. I went to grad school and they taught us about logic models. Not oh. once have I used a logic model. In my actual program planning, not because I don't see the value of logic models, but, like, who the hell has time to sit around and format a dang logic model? Like, it's not all going to fit on one page and, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Like,
0: I don't want my grad school mentors to know that I don't use logic models either. I'm so sorry, Stacey and Debbie.
1: (laughs) But, like, why not? See, like, why don't you use logic models?
0: I don't know where those notes are. (laughs) Like, I don't. (laughs) Like, Like,
1: they're overwhelming and hard. I think they are.
0: I mean, I, I hear you and I would also like, to be fair, like I haven't, I don't think I've given the tool a chance, but I mean, it sounds like you have, <laughs> You're like they're, they're hard and overwhelming. I mean, but that, that's also still so, you know, like I think again, as someone, cause I talk often about my triple air <laughs> status, like I need grounding, and, and I also need accountability to that grounding. And oftentimes, and that's what like, I'm kind of like hopeful for like moving forward is that, you know, I, I'm finally going to be, I think like part more of like a team situation where there is that, but like, I think when you, when you're also doing your work in a silo, it's hard to not just keep doing what you've always done. Right. Or it's to, to implement those pauses or intentional, like, reflections, whereas I just feel like, I feel like everything's always percolating in the back, on, like, the back burner, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait, I should do this, and then when I realize that the this that I'm saying is often, like, pieces of other programs that I've seen implemented really well, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna take, like, all of these and Frankenstein what, what works out of that for me, right? I or mean, in this program,
1: totally. I feel like right. that's like that is the thing of the thing right. is to like make something out of what you see other people do really well, or where right. you see, or where you're watching everybody else be like, this is a gap that I'm seeing mm. in everybody else's program, and I mm. want to be great at this thing. Or even, which is the other reason why I like the five bolt stuff so much, is because it starts with that like challenges and strengths piece. Like that's a part of the tool. So if you go like bottom up using the tool, you start with values. Um, so right. like, what are your values that drive your work? Um, and then moving upward from there, you talk about your strengths and challenges and that that, and then you sort of I, I identify what your vision is. Um, and I think that often like those sort of doing that thoughtfulness around your challenges and strengths is what leads me to figuring out like what I want to be.
0: Right doing well and that's just like yeah I guess I didn't think about it I just assumed that you start with the vision and fill everything else out but then you're like no but if you start with all these other pieces Right. That leads you to the vision, right?
1: Right. Well, and sometimes you know, I feel like, and sometimes you know the vision. Like I think sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's harder. Like I, there's a program that I've been working on for several years that I still struggle a little bit around strategic planning mm-hmm. with partially because I think the vision of the program isn't particularly clear. Like it's not exactly right. what it is we're doing. is not a hundred percent clear. Right. I can tell you with certainty what the values are. Right. partially because that was where I started when I was working on it, because I was like, I don't even know if we're all clear on like how the how. Yeah. um, And so I started in that place so I can at least fill out the bottom part and then like of the values and the challenges and the strengths of what we have and then start to develop a vision based on what our strengths are. Right. Which is like, again, when I think about like, I just think about strategic planning as like, doing assessment, intervention, and evaluation with a young person. Like, right, it's not any different than, like, designing a case plan. Right. Of being like, okay, so what do we got? (laughs) Right. How do we build on that? Where are we headed?
0: Right. What do we have? What do we need? How do we get there? Right. Yeah. Um, It would be cute, and please uh, take this as a prompt, gentle listeners. but send us your tools like i attend what well, i think i was like presenting at the illinois after school network yes conference within the last couple of years and went to like a really great breakout session um that after school matters was using and they have a really cute again like super comprehensive um logical touch points organized like like pretty like cute interface, right? Um, to lead folks through program development. Um and I was like, yoink, I'm gonna take this and use this. And then it got packed in a box and is currently living in a storage locker. But someday I will have that tool back. And, uh, and on that day, I will really be excited to bring it back to the space and share it with y'all. Um now but I guess I can give the five bold steps. They're very bold <laughs> steps.
1: They're five very bold steps. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's just a tool, right? It doesn't, I mean, they're all useful or not useful to different people and in a different situations. It's not the only way I've ever done things, but I think it's helpful. I think to your point earlier, I think it's helpful to have something that's grounding, like to sort of right. hold hold all the big ideas. Um, And I do think, I mean, I know that you sort of spoke to this idea of feeling like there's never enough time. And I feel like in the long run, having some kind of sense of where you're going ends up saving time. Because it makes it really clear when you're doing stuff that you just shouldn't be doing. Because it's so easy to just say yes to everybody all the time when people ask you to do stuff. And I oh think goodness. being really, and I think just being super clear about like, this is what I'm doing. And if this isn't moving me towards what I'm doing, then I don't need to do
0: it. Yeah. What do you think, like, to that point, right? Because that that resonates so hard with me, right? <laughs> and I feel like, you know which is connected to I guess a different part of strategic planning but you know like when any whenever anyone comes into a new position, right if there if there isn't a lot of right like systems to your goal or like you know thinking of of some projects that we're currently working on at my organization of like manualizing our work like how do you teach the people who come next how to do this work right? Cause I think oftentimes, which, which makes sense, especially in a nonprofit setting, right? Like a, depending on where you are, sometimes there's a lot of turnover, um, sometimes it, it, like for work that is more relational, right? Like when, when a person leaves and those relationships go with them, right. And you're kind of starting over from scratch. It can take a while, like a year or even like a year and a half before you start having a sense of well, what are the things I shouldn't say yes to, right? Because you feel like you're in this, like, catch-up mode. Um, Yeah, like so I guess that just being in that space makes me think, like, what, I guess, like, recommendations do you have for someone who's maybe coming into a brand-new space and is, right, like, maybe wanting to take on the task of – of completing, of completing a strategic plan or whatnot, but doesn't necessarily have um, the full vision. Like they don't, they just don't know. They don't even know what they don't know. Right. Right. Right.
1: Well, I think that's so challenging when you're like in that situation. I mean, in a dream world, right? In a dream world, <laughs> let's start there. In a dream world, we would have somebody who had been trained, right? And in the, in the same organization, right? That we would involve people because I think this is where a lot of strategic plans go wrong, is that they don't actually involve people below whoever is doing the strategic plan. Right. So often in organizations mm. they're done by the board, right? Or the board and the highest level of staff. And mm. then like the actual staff doing the work, per your example about being in residential, and like when you were a residential site staff, like mm. were you in the strategic planning meeting? No. No. Right. <laughs> but like you're supposed to execute on these like really big goals, but like you haven't had any part in shaping them. And I think like, that's really hard That to then give somebody like, here are these big high level goals. And then they're like, wait, what? So like, I think that's where some of the confusion comes from, right? If we're not including people and sort of thinking about what our goals are, where our visions are, because the, I hope is right. That we've, we've included those people in some of those earlier decision-making processes. And so then they're able to execute. That's our dream. That doesn't always happen, but that's our dream. And then I feel like on the second part of it is like, sometimes I think, I think assessment on its own can be part of a strategic planning process, right? Like if you're new in a role or somebody has like just arrived on the scene, particularly in an existing field, and you don't kind of know anything I think it is strategic to take some time and like meet people right start like do the coffee circuit like do the (laughs) I mean I feel like when I started my job I had coffee with so many people right um so much caffeine so I would like literally though like sometimes multiple in a row and I would finally have to be like I just have to have water (laughs) or like, like I'm so spazzed out right now um Because I think that's, like, a real, right, like, stopping to do assessment is, like, a real strategy. I think, like, I think we often envision that strategy always has to be, like, big, explosive new ideas. But I think that's also a fallacy of strategic planning. That your strategy has to be new and different and exciting and kapow. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the kapow is. That was just felt relevant.
0: Well, no, it's funny because oftentimes I feel like when I have like ideas or new initiatives, it appears as a kapow, but then I realize that like, Oh no, this has actually been like something that's been turning over in the back of my head for a while. I just haven't been super like focus goggled on it. Right. Right. Right.
1: Well, and I think like, write it down. Like, I feel like, and I know it doesn't have to be, I mean, I just have to be pretty. (laughs) I think it can, like, I think it can be bullet points or like three sentences or whatever like I don't think it needs to be long but I think if we don't I mean this is per like your conversation about manualizing right like what a difference it makes to manualize something right or like to write it down because then when you do need to transition or you need to like pull somebody else in to support whatever your project is the information is like available yeah Because even if the person who comes after you doesn't do what you were doing, at least they'll have known why you were doing what you were doing or like what you thought you were doing. Because often we think we're doing things that we're just not doing. But strategic plans help us see that, see what it is we think we're doing versus what we're actually doing. True. And I think like sometimes we fail also. Like I feel like that's an important part of strategic planning that gets left out.
0: Is leaving room for... That. For
1: failure or, like, recognizing that just because you put it down on the paper as a thing you were going to do doesn't mean that you're going to do it or that, like, it's going to go well or whatever.
0: Yeah, well, I know that we – I mean, we started this episode – well, you started this episode kind of just, like, speaking more broadly to strategic plans as it, as it were, but – also kind of focused on like a program end of it. Whereas like, I do feel like a strategic plan for a program looks really different than a strategic plan for an organization. Also, I never thought I would say the phrase strategic plan as much as I have (laughs) in the last like 30 minutes. Um, But those things look different. and, 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 And going back to kind of like the staff retreat that I referenced in the opener, it was some part of it that was exciting was that, you know, we learned about like the tracking system of how are we going to track the progress of, as we work on these respects, as, as each of these working teams work on these goals and right. For someone who, who a, like needs a lot of structure but is not necessarily. Like, it is not one of my strengths to build out that structure necessarily. I respond really well, but but I respond really well to like structure that's already set or like being able to respond to something being put in place. Like the idea of being able to like dive into that tracking system and and navigate and be like, where where are other folks at, and what you know, where where are the areas that we needs to be making continued progress, and why is that, and all of that like is really. There is something compelling and exciting about that. Um that yeah, that I think to and to kind of come like back full circle, you were like, Well, sometimes you start with assessment, but we also know that like the cycle is right. always in play. And so that I thought it was interesting when you were like, Well, it always looks like a sunset to me, but I'm sure it's meant to be more of a sunrise. And it's like, right, but no matter where you're at in a programming cycle, like you are doing. Like all of these things at the same time. You are assessing, you are doing, you are planning, and totally. Um, yeah. So it's like, does it really matter?
1: It's a sunrise. It's just something and a sun- on the
0: horizon. Right, right. One yeah. person's sunrise is another person's sunset, right? Like, Right, right.
1: Well, and I think like the other piece that I feel like is so helpful, like recognizing that when we fail but not just like but sometimes like it's just like a sign that we need to stop doing something mm, okay. like that sometimes right strategic plans help us know when to sunset like when it is time mm. to be like we're done like we did either right. we did it right and sometimes like we, we do I know we never right. like give ourselves credit for that in the NPIC <laughs> but like sometimes we actually like do meet a need until the need is no longer there
0: what's the NPIC
1: the nonprofit industrial complex also known as like the big circle of all the nonprofits everywhere. Um, we can talk more about that on a (laughs) different episode, but I think, yeah, but just like remembering that from sometimes it says like, you know, we either, we did it or, or we're not the right people to do it, or the need has changed. And now, right. And now the need is for something that we can't provide or somebody else is doing it better or.
0: Those are whole episode topics. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they are, but. the realization of like, ooh, maybe we are not the best people to do this. And how do we figure out who are? Like how?
1: I mean, I'm in the process of figuring that out right now with like a segment of a program that's very successful, but there's one segment of it that is not aligned with our programmatic vision which is about being like the center for a particular kind of services and we have one one sort of like tangential thing that like we no longer are able to staff it and Mm. like it doesn't make sense we have we have stopped doing that kind of programming and so Mm. it's time to like it is time right and, but I think like, understand, having a clear sense of what I am doing right. makes me feel so much better about saying, right. Because it may impact young people's ability to be served in some way, but it's also like not the right thing. Like it's not the right thing for me to do. Um, and I think like feeling good about where I'm going helps me feel better about saying no.
0: Yeah. I think that all makes sense. I guess I'm also thinking about right like folks who might I recognizing that I am really lucky and it sounds like you are too as far as like having positions within organizations that do like really value our input, our insight, the work that we do, right? Recognize and 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 I can name that like I've been that lucky Even though, right, like when I worked in residential, I wasn't necessarily part of the strategic planning process, but I knew that like I was a valued member and that my insight and input was often sought by my like superiors, my supervisors, et cetera, to inform those processes. And recognizing that like the NPIC is a vast, vast world. And sometimes there might be folks who don't necessarily um, feel like they they are empowered to do that. Right. Like what, um, yeah. Like if I felt like my hands were tied, I'd be like, well, why, why, why am I going to try? Like no one here is going to listen to me. And like, what, what point is it for me to try to like apply these tools?
1: Well, I feel like there's like a both and piece of that. I mean, on the one hand, I think sometimes, I mean, sometimes, yes, it is true that people, really don't work in organizations where their input is valued. I think also a lot of the time, sometimes I think sometimes people are overwhelmed by the concept of strategic planning. And so choose to disengage because Mm. they're like, that doesn't have anything to do with me. Um, and so I always like, and I always tell this to folks who, um, who are interning, like when I meet folks who are interning at other organizations, like encourage them to read the strategic plan. Mm. I think, um, and ask questions about it. You may have to ask for it. It may not be handed to you. Right, like, right. I think recognizing that, like, there is a little bit of self-advocacy and sort of, like, self-initiative that needs to go on there in order for people to even know what their strategic plan is, right? Because I think that can also help you understand why you might feel like you're not valued or things mm-hmm. like that, right? Because, like, maybe... I mean, and not at, like. I, not to be like shady, but I just feel like that's helpful. No? Yeah.
0: No. Well, yeah. No. Absolutely. I was laughing because, it, or or you might end up being met with like, we don't have one. Like, right. and then also like, within the right, like, and then it's <laughs> like, oh, well. Should be we we right, right. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> right. And I think the other piece too, which I think like circles back to a lot of our conversation, which I think to your point, it was largely around programmatic strategic planning. Right. But I think it's important to remember that, like no matter who you are in an organization and no matter what your relationship is to the strategic plan, like you can still do strategic planning and you can still have your own strategic plan that is useful for
0: you in your right. own youth work. like, well, or I'm also thinking, like, thinking about how you use, what is it, the, the five, bold, five steps. bold steps, even in doing, like, case man like, service plans with young people, like, right? Like, even if it's just, like, an activity that you do with a young person in your program or a client or whatever, right? Like, that is also, then you're doing multiple things as you're helping them learn, a certain set of focus goggles you're offering them another like st- a strategy tool like for the you know for for mapping out how they get to some goal that they want and so even if you're just like one person in an organization if you have one relationship with one young person you know like that's how that stuff starts. i mean
1: i believe that relationships can change the world um but yeah i mean i think those things are so. I think the, the, I think strategic planning is a way of thinking. It is not like a thing. Mm. Like, I think it is a way of interacting with the world and like being strengths-based, not just on our individual level when we're designing service plans, but also in the case of looking at our staff teams or our programs or our organizations or (sighs) our partnerships or like whatever, I think like being strengths-based thinking about what am I doing well? What am I not doing well? What are my values and where am I going? And how do I get there? Is a constructive, is a construction and a constructive exercise that's that's work related and quite honest. I mean, in my personal belief, I think necessary to doing thoughtful and intentional work right. um, that has a broader and more focused impact. What would you say to that person who feels powerless in their organization?
0: I mean, well, I think I would say what I already said, because I said it. <laughs> like, of like then grab one person, right, and try it. Like, what's some because like that is also right. I don't necessarily think I would categorize it as strategic planning, but you know, I think one of the things. Because sometimes, like doing youth work, is just about like following your gut and not necessarily even recognize it. Like, I don't, I don't recognize that the stuff that I do is strategic planning. I'm just like, well, like this didn't feel like it worked last year, so I'm gonna like shake it up a little bit and see. And and these are kind of like things I like other uh, practices that I think might work better. But even like the sense of increasing youth input or youth voice in shaping what programs or, you know, home settings or whatever, like look like. Um, yeah, that's what I like. I deflect, I, I constantly am like deflecting back to like asking young folks like, well, what, what do you want to see done here? Right. Okay, cool. Like let's, and then like mapping that out again, like i never had an organizational tool like the five bold steps, but, um yeah just I was I was always trying to get that feedback and like not like past tense like I guess kind of like present tense right like totally always like trying to get like feedback to like what's working here what's not like this is the first year that I'm incorporating exit interviews with our I may have mentioned that in our last episode <laughs> sorry for being redundant y'all um But yeah, like that is just another way of gathering feedback of like what are we doing right and how can we do this better and like what would you change if you were in charge of this program right, Um, and and taking that feedback and being like all right so now let's make changes based on that, Um, which again, I don't think before going into this episode I would be like oh exit interviews are. a tool A tool cool of strategic things. planning, I would be like, nah, I just wanna like have a more systemic way of getting feedback from young folks to to impact programming. Um, yeah. So So I don't know what I would tell the person who was just like, I don't have any power here. I'd be like, Well, then find out like where you do, or like think through like where you do have power or like where you want to. Cause then also like if you're checking in with young folks and like getting their input around that stuff, like my hope is that like folks are going to see that and be like, Oh, you know, you might not necessarily call it strategic planning, but your actions speak for the fact that you like, you're invested in the organization. You're invested in where the direction of the work and the you know, young folks that you work with being represented and their voice being heard, right? Like your, your values, right? The, the bottom of the hillside or whatever, (laughs) where like, wherever it's at is gonna, um, is gonna shine through there. And, and sometimes like, that's the stuff that, that gets you noticed for being pulled into those conversations of like, oh, well, we, we want you to, to inspire this or influence or impact whatever we want your insight here all of the n words <laughs> oh yeah um all right so is that is that it you had anything else to add around strategic plans strategic or? plans for all yes well we I mean, yes do accessibility great um Cool. Well, I guess going off of your much adored <laughs> five bold steps tool, um, let's do a five bold steps checkout based checkout. How's that feel? Great. Okay, good. Um, probably better for you <laughs> and for me. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and name. Uh, one of your five bold steps tied to the intention you named at the top of the
1: episode. This is such a great exercise for me because I haven't done this yet because it's only day one of the fiscal new year. Um I think that my bold step towards systems for FY20 is to make a list of all of the repetitive processes in one of my programs and I'm going to start with a list with the hope that then I can I figure out which of those which of those things can be systematized and how can I systematize them And I feel like that's everything from like actually making email templates for this email that I write Mm. that's like responding to an inquiry email. I Mm -hmm. say the same thing every time, but I don't think I've ever bothered to make an email template. And I could be I know. Really? I know. (laughs) I it's embarrassing. And for every email template. I know. (laughs) And for everyone who knows me, I feel that this is like I feel like I've disclosed something. I feel vulnerable. Um So making some email templates, I feel could be good. And I like, so things like, so processes like that, but I also think processes, um, one of the things that I've really learned about the value of is a really great form because it allows multiple people to complete Mm. the same process when you have a form and a checklist and I need to like update my checklist on Mm. my intake forms and things like that. Um, and like letting it be okay that it might be more than two pages. I really struggle when things are not ending at the page line, (laughs) even if they would be more
0: effective differently. That's funny. How about you? What's your bold step? Wait, I do. Can I comment on yours first before I? Yes. Not like, I just think it's, I think it's interesting that I don't want to say funny. I think it's interesting that you say that it, leaves you feeling vulnerable to admit that you don't have email templates. But if anything, like you still respond to all of those inquiries, even without an email template and your email turnaround time is much faster than some other people's. For our listeners who can't see me pointing at myself, like I am a person who has email templates and I still can't turn my emails around. We also have a different volume of email. I mean, that's, that's fine. And I appreciate you saying it. I'm just saying like kudos to the individual response to Thank all you. inquiry emails. So everyone who's um, ever
1: received one. It's very personal.
0: Right, right, right. Um, All right. My bold step. So again, I named the goal. My fiscal year goal was to learn more about the programs of the home organization that we're integrating into. Um, And so I am, my bold step is to, which is like already halfway completed of like choosing the first person. Um, which I have someone in mind who has actually worked in a couple different programs within this organization. So I think is probably the strongest contender for helping me recognize the ways that the programs relate to one another and work like what, and what are the similarities and differences um, between the programs and like what are, where are ways, what are possible areas of overlap where things can be maybe like made more efficient or like, what are the gaps? And is there a way that, you know, our organization can help fill some of those gaps? Um, and scheduling like making the ask, which I like didn't realize until this moment I'm feeling really anxious about. And it's, it's silly because this person is an absolutely like lovely human. And I think would probably be very welcome to having coffee with me, but I'm just like, see them every day in the office and I'm just like can't just walk past their desk and be like hey can we grab coffee I'm sorry I keep slapping my my leg out of nervousness and who knows what that's gonna sound like on the mic
1: I feel yeah I feel like that's a great example of why it's so helpful sometimes to set our five (laughs) bold steps because otherwise we're like that's such a great idea that I had that I was gonna do that thing and then we never do it because we don't know what the next step is.
0: Touche. Um,
1: and that's it for this episode of The Third Space. We hope you'll be back next time for our episode on work-life balance. Um, we'd love to have listener questions and ideas on future episodes. So please send us your brilliance and a voice memo to info at airandwaterwork.com. Thanks, youth workers. We see you. We appreciate you. You rock.